now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. The Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror! <laughs> Hello, bibliophobes! Do writers cramp your style or creep you out? Do deadlines harsh your mellow? Well, in this very special episode, the gang is joined by Brian Barrett, star of the brand new direct-to-streaming anthology movie, Book of Evil. The boys are going in blind without even the Braille edition, so who knows what could happen? Well, we'll know in a couple of seconds. Hello, and welcome to the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror. I'm Chris Honeywell, and I am here with the usual bunch of idiots. I don't know. I'm tr- trying to get the Mad Magazine line. I'm here with my separated at birth Belial brother, Chris Tyler. Hey, never piss off the Wiccan girl at your 80s party. Never. <laughs> um, uh, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I want to sit on her face, or I, I want her to sit on my face. Either way. one. Either way. <laughs> either one works. <laughs> and his brother, Jason Giaconetti. Why don't you shove it up your ass like the rest of the football team? <laughs> oh, snap! <laughs> and if I had to pick a line, my favorite line, it was, GPS says we arrived five minutes ago. <laughs> we'll discuss the temporal problems with that and later on in the show. Yeah. And, and today, so we're we are discussing a super low budget, um, what would be called back in our day, direct to video type movie, uh, Book of Evil. And and why is this? Is this like some, you know, um, thing that we discovered? No, it's because I have a friend who was in the movie, had worked on the movie and who lives three blocks from me but is here by skype anyway <laughs> and that's mr brian barrett who dare i say would, would could we call you the star of the book of evil i uh, you could say that yes was, was he's, list, he's listed first he's listed first on imdb and he does have a picture which puts him only with jessica bell is the only other person with the, no there's some people have pictures i guess it is alphabetical it, order it, oh, okay. Well, no, I was, hey, I was no, trying okay. to help you, dude. I was going to say, yeah, man, don't, 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 yeah, don't, don't throw yourself under the bus, Brian. Yeah, dude, like, I'm, I'm trying to put you over here, dude. Like, seriously. I mean, well, you know, I mean, it, but it works out that I, way. Yeah, well, I, I could, I could, you know, absolutely, Brian, you're the star because you are, in fact, the glue that holds this entire uh, cinematic <laughs> yes. experience together. Yeah, I, thought, right, I think we can all agree with that. The yeah. crazy glue. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, and if you watched the trailer, you'd think you were pretty much the only person <laughs> in this movie. <laughs> I, I am in a bunch of bits. I am in a bunch of the, the smaller films and, yeah, the bigger one, the the, the, the glue. The wraparound. But, 
Yeah. But uh, reach around. Not, not, not the reach around. Let's make sure we understand that. That's a different a genre. Around, not a reach around. Dip, yes, different genre. Yes, sorry. <laughs> Although we will get into reverse anal smoke magic I, I later on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a feat of engineering. <laughs> I, I was, yeah, I, was I, I thought about I put some thought into that. I was not there at the time, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. I, I hope stork. they had fans at the window during that one. That shoot. That's all I got to say. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, uh, so in the... I guess in the interest of clarity, um, because uh, I, I had not seen this film. Uh, I, I don't think many people have. It's a very... Uh, relatively recent film, 2018, and a small independent production. So just for the benefit of our listeners, uh, Book of Evil is a anthology in the tradition of other great horror anthologies from Amicus and other British studios, uh, where we have a procrastinating novelist gets a call from his publisher, as as all authors are in films they are he is late on delivering his manuscript to his publishers they always are and gets a threatening call saying i need that manuscript by tomorrow and our author takes inspiration from the thoughts that flash into his head and we get um four different short tales of horror uh, based on what he is pounding out on his old keyboard that is kind of our setup for the story so do do you guys read brian barrett (laughs) <laughs> are you gonna like are you gonna like 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 throw an axe through my head uh, when i don't know what you're talking about like in the mouth of madness is that it <laughs> hovered you guys on, never know because you knew what i was talking about yeah. so yeah. hovered on this very podcast a long long time ago in hallowed antiquity yeah yeah that was our very first uh very first series of movies we did with john carpenter but uh, but that said, um, like I said, I'm I'm a big fan of horror anthologies. I think mm, they're a ditto. little fat. Uh, always brings me back to reading, and and Jay has a similar experience to me reading reprints of old EC comics when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I so once once I you know once the the wraparound came up and it said uh, uh, you know our author started pounding it out on the on the typewriter, it's like okay, it's an anthology. I can get behind this. So oh nice. Yeah. Now, I I have a question for you, Brian, and, and we were sort of talking about this before the show, and I was driving me nuts because I just wanted to ask you, because I have a theory about the the um, dynamic behind the making of this movie, and I want to okay. find out if I'm even remotely right, because I probably am not, because the dynamic behind any movie is usually chaos, but... Uh, I'm thinking there's, uh, by the names of the directors, two of them are brothers. Right. And uh, it, it, it seems like a team of people, like a, a, a team of people as in sort of like Sam Raimi style, like a bunch of maybe high school friends who all love horror movies and, you know, have decided to make some movies and have pooled their, res- their resources and yeah, uh, yeah, sort, yeah, sort yeah. of trade the jobs of, you know what what gets done in each movie to do it and had made a few short films and at some point decided that there were there if they found a way to link them all together that they could put them all into it and make it into an anthology movie is that how close am i you're pretty close 
You, you get, you're missing some details, but that's pretty much the gist. They did to do a full feature length film many years ago before they did all these shorts. Uh, it's called Consumed in Darkness, and it's just like a it's like a, a twins, hitmen, uh, mob ties. So it's um, not really a horror movie. No, and well, well, that one, you know, the, that was the first one they did. And that, that's when I started working with them. Um, they uh, they needed more scenes after they filmed it, and uh, I'm in the like first ten minutes of it where I just basically get shot, and uh, <laughs> which is kind of like a running theme with me, and uh, <laughs> and uh, um. Then I started working with them, and uh, it's a uh, different guys to work with. They 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 also have a um, uh, Michael Del Del, Del Rosa. Uh, he's uh, from L.A. He uh, ended up coming back to Rochester. Um, now he character. played the agent, right? Right. He does all the special effects, and he's 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 done special effects for hundreds of movies. Okay, so. This this was my note about him, and it was part of a larger note about young people making a movie. And uh, is uh, he was the only old guy in this movie. <laughs> I was like, look at I, when when his picture came up, and we've heard his voice. And I imagine well, I don't I'm not even sure that was him in his Bedelia I want my cake moment, or I've got my cake moment at the end. If that was him in the makeup. It could have been anybody, you know, because they were so mangle mangleated. But um, and I was just like, all through the movie, this and this is a common theme through, and and this is something. It's a critique. There's there's, there's some older people. There's there's people who play parents that they're like. Yes. It's not like they're all kids. It's yeah. They could be all. They could the the the. It, it seems to sort of level off around. I would say you're the you you're like chronologically maybe one of the oldest people that show up in it and it reminds me of film school day because you know as we're taught we're we're this reminds me of a film school thing but these guys aren't even in film school so we're talking you know whatever budget these guys can scrape up out of their paychecks you know to to make something like this so i never expect like expert casting it's like casting on movies like this is almost like rolling the dice you know well, they came a know. long way they came on like i mentioned the, the the other feature that they did before the the, the cop movie uh, not the cop movie the assassin movie um there were scenes where it's like they had like guys they knew from high school and and like they almost like they didn't never saw anyone act before Kind of like, like maybe they didn't want to be comfortable doing it because acting is kind of queer. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right, right. Well, that's but to, to me, there's a charm to that too. You know, you sort of have to. It's 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 the fundamentals of filmmaking. Is it like if you want to get it done, you got to sort of work with what what you have. It's not it's not the army that we want. It's the army that we have at at the time. But the main, this is just something I noticed. I'm on uh, I, through you. You're the one who told me about them. They have like uh, these uh, Western New York um, groups where you know people are doing movies like this or casting for people, and like 
uh, I'm 50 years old, so I look at them. There's rarely a part <laughs> for anybody over like it'll be like grandfather, you know, <laughs> you know, somebody 40 to 50 years old. Your niche is always creepy, weird guy, you know? Yeah. It's oh, like... no, I know. I would. Uh, yeah. A niche that I would. I want to be the guy. And I either that or just Dick Miller, you know, just somebody <laughs> Who's just there uh, every once in a while and does a good enough job of just being amicable through a scene that everybody goes, hey, there's that guy. I was going to say, though, with with your looks, though, you're probably better off, you know, again, being like the Crypt Keeper, right? Introducing segments and stuff like that. Right. It was like that Saturday Night Live sketch with uh, Bill Murray playing the neighbor of uh, the old the old Jewish woman that Mike Myers would do. Yeah. And he was a manager of, uh, he was a, you know, a talent agent. Well, I am a casting agent. I cast real people for hidden camera and testimonial commercials. And uh, I work mostly in grotesques. It's good to focus. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, that's my, that's the talent agent I want. But, you know, like... I just I just wish the salty cops were were a little were a little saltier. But, you know, I mean, even though he's local, you're just not you're not. I, I realize you're not going to be able to get Robert Forrester for this production. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it, 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 a, a lot of it shows like <laughs> like you can see reflected in movies, the age of the people who are making the movie. Well, right. so let, me, let me tell you something about Jessica Bell. You mentioned her earlier. Um, she's uh, she actually moved to uh tennessee for an acting career and she's like been in like a lot of productions for like the id network and uh-huh. um she did um uh snapped which is like this auto no. which is a biographical thing where women go where the, yeah so like, women yeah it's it's and, on and like the, women tv or and they women go it's, it's stories of women going crazy and then oh. she snapped and then, <laughs> and then she played uh she played uh Westeros. Uh the one that uh Charlotte Shelley's Sherry Thurman played. But she did a rec- she played her for the rec- recreation. And so it's weird, like I'm looking at uh Now what 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 was she in, in Book of Evil? Uh she was in the um She is Renee. She plays the uh the the girl in uh, the the fourth segment, the Midnight Man. She's the girl that uh, is one of the hosts of the party. The good-looking okay. blonde. Yeah. Who goes oh, to okay. check on who goes to check on her friends who are screaming upstairs? Hey, hey, oh yeah, hey, he's yes. the man. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. Oh, full spoilers on. Spoilers are full on in this, dude. We would ru- we we ruin the shit out of movies. We talk yeah. about. <laughs> it's like that's, right. the sign, that's the sign of a real stud when she lets out a blood curdling scream and then silence. That's that's how you know that yeah. you're laying because, it down, baby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now that, you know he's fucking pumping. He is laying track right there. Ah! He's laying pipe. Oh my god, he like, is. He's that like he's like Mario the... and Luigi, buddy. He's just. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Ever wonder why the princess keeps hanging out with him? I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> but yeah, I mean, but you know the thing about um, the thing I I I watched this uh, I watched this film this morning or excuse me yesterday morning and you know I I wasn't I didn't read anything about it going in I you know uh, Chris had uh, floated this idea and we said yeah that sounds like a great idea 
And so, so I'll just watch it going in cold. And, you know, I've seen so many films like this. And I, and when I say that, I don't mean, oh, anthologies or, or whatever, but, you know, low budget, independent horror films that star people that, yes, they, they've had roles and, and, you know, they're, you may have seen them on a show, even if you don't remember it, but the people that are working, you know, it's not just, uh, you know, let's go down to, uh, uh, you know, go, go down to the uh, the Home Depot and round some people up kind of thing, not that type of casting call. Uh, but you know, there, but there's and and the and it's these types of films often are, you know, kind of they're they're they have scope and they have imagination, but it it comes down to simple math. It's what can you do for X number of dollars and Y number of days. You know, you can't you, you can't do everything, so you do the best that you can with it. And you know, I I think this this type of filmmaking is is very it's well suited to horror. We've talked about this a lot that, you know, horror can be a very budget conscious genre just because there are so many dedicated uh, consumers of that genre who are willing to try stuff like this, that, Oh, you know, has a cool video cover or in this day and age, a cool little um, uh, thumbnail on the shutter or Redbox or what have you. Yeah. I'll give that a shot because it, it looks like a good horror movie. And, there's, and we've talked and about right, this with and, shot films a lot, and and I think this very much fits into that. Even though, again, it is it's clearly, you know, a a, a lower budgeted film, and it right. is well, not. In, y- go ahead, Chris. Yeah. If, I think if you, know you don't have yeah. the big the big farm complex of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, picturesque, you know, location to do, because I mean, re- you know, you, do, scouting locations is sort of out of the budget at Terry. Outfit too. With a low budget film, you can have your inbred hicks. You you just have to find an old abandoned house and film in the dark, so you can imply everything. You can you can just light parts of the house, and you can have it be very you know you can make it appear larger, smaller, and you have that to to work with on on the low budget. So well, and plus know, also inbred hick families they're the same all over. You right, know, you, right. You, well, can, I, you can set that. You can set so that in upstate New York. You can Fred set it through zombies than like a a historical western. You know. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can. Yeah. You you can so you can you can set a weird ass family anywhere. You know. Yes. The most famous is Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but you know, The Hills Have Eyes takes place in what New Mexico, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Wrong Turn takes place in West Virginia. There's no reason yep. you can't have you know them in you know. Uh, in the middle of New winter, in the middle yeah. of winter in upstate New York. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, yeah. you know, that it's... one, I mean, that, well, that, the that's, other... the, that's the first, the first segment and it's called squatters. And, and there's some logical, I have some real logical problems with that segment of the film, but yeah. given that, that, that aside, put a pin in that. We'll come back to that. I thought <laughs> as a, as a, just as a, a, as a, as a, as a setup, as a horror setup, it's, it's quite nice, you know, because it's the idea of them. Uh, of these these uh, these brain dead hicks, you know, basically luring victims to their encampment. I I right. can work with that, you know that that's kind of a classic, um, you know, kind of very '70s style horror uh, and a set setup. I'm okay with that. So yeah, there, there's there's some issues with what no just how long things take and the timing of this mm-hmm. film, which is a bit odd. Like, but I, you know, I, my, I thought it was a great way to kick things off. My constructive criticism on that is to keep it the same length, but to spend a little more time because the only inbred hick who, who gets there, who really has any, well, the, 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 the surprise twist hick, 
has a little story background. But the only yeah, one normally gets... you got to pay more for a twist stick. Actually, <laughs> yeah. they charge double for that. So. But um, but actually, it was Brian. Your hit got the most development in that story. They they showed this guy's living in his fantasy world where he's you know, grandiose, and he's playing just discordant music on a piano while in his mind he's on the stage and all that. That was really interesting. I wish they would have done a little bit of it for every everybody. You know, the, the guy in the basement was yeah, basically... Yeah, I could see that, yeah. There, there, there's... From, ...from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too. I like the mashup with the cop and... Uh, that was sort of basically like Reservoir Dogs and Texas Chainsaw Massacre happened yes. at the same time. <laughs> Although I will say, you can't sneak up on somebody with a running chainsaw. It's just no. impossible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what does that happen? Hey, no, 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 you could, you could, you could. Helen Keller would probably not hear it coming. Oh, right, but, but she here too, okay. too soon. Okay. Too soon. Sorry. Uh, no, well, well, no, but Chris makes a good point. Ever, ever since they outlawed suppressors for chainsaws, you just can't do that. <laughs> what I, I would have done with this is I would have made it even more surreal. I would have, well, I would have, well, I would have done a little more Dutch camera angles and stuff, and tarted it up and and made it a little surreal. So stuff like. Um, when 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 we find out that the girl is is one of the hey, family and you see her teeth, it makes sense even though we've seen her teeth in the restaurant and they were normal like girl teeth, nice straight girl teeth. But then when all of a sudden she's like, haha, I don't know if she pulled, had dentures that she, I don't know what dentures would look like over those. They would be the biggest teeth in the world, <laughs> big old like George Washington <laughs> choppers. But uh, you know, but then then having like um oh what what the hell was that chuck connor's movie tourist trap yes was yep, it tourist yeah. trap where yes. nothing it's makes trap. a no, fucking that, lick yeah. of sense in that movie yep. <laughs> but it's so surreal <laughs> that you just accept it after after a while you're just like okay i give in to the internal logic of this and i think they should have beaten us over the head with a little more weird internal logic and spent some more time you know, with each each inbred hick and and giving them a little more char- character development. Like I'm naming the big fat guy Tiny, and then uh, Helmet Head. Helmet Head is interesting because Helmet Head and um, Brian and and I, although Helmet Head and I not at the same time. Maybe I roadied a little bit. Now it's sounding when dirty. He- when Helmet Head was that's a uh, Jay. Jason Fox or Jason is his band name, but uh oh, I I should tell the listeners that uh um um at one time uh um I I, I was I was in I, how do I explain this? Brian and I <laughs> yes, were both in. Chris, how do you explain that? <laughs> Brian played bass with my penis and I sang with my penis. Okay. Thank God this is an audio medium. <laughs> I don't know. I'd pay American dollars to see that. <laughs> it was it was quite a band. Was well, is yeah. I, well, I don't know what's going on with it. They try to sue me. We, <laughs> we are, we are, yeah, we are all X. <laughs> all three that me and and Brian and Jason who appeared in the the movie are all X members. We're all just like 
we're all just like, you know, the, the members of KISS who've ended up by the wayside over the years. <laughs> I was fired in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> My penis was big in Japan. Yeah, so we, yeah, it's, it's, it's. And I guess, let me down. Band name ever <laughs> conceived. I would like if I came up with with my penis, I would flog it until I couldn't flog it anymore. If I told anyway. you, if I told you about my penis, would you hold it against me? Mm. <laughs> oh, Again, but, uh, <laughs> normally you got to pay double for that kind of action. But yeah. <laughs> but when I I saw the credits at the end and saw Jason Fox and and uh, as soon as I saw that, I was just like, of course that was Jason. Of course it was. <laughs> And there's there's a lot of I knew it was uh, well, as soon as I started watching it. Well, first, the diners, Jay's Diner, and that's just a local 24 hour diner that everybody has. McGregor and I have haunted that after Garage Ale Gloats many times. And then I saw the grease, grease ambulance was being used in it. And I got to say that one guy, the one guy with the glasses has got to be the mellowest EMT yeah. Just the driest DMT ever. He's just like, ah, well, just yeah, get over it. You gotta get over yeah. it. I did. Well, I he, did like that. The, the there's a little kind of gag with that that I really liked, where he says to he he says to the girl that or so, well, why do you do this? And he said that he he was a soldier and he did two tours in Afghanistan and doing this is much easier when you're not getting shot at. And how does he die? He gets, oh, yeah. <laughs> he gets his head blown off. But I, I that's what I'm saying. This is also what I'm saying about yeah. That guy did not look like he did two tours in Vietnam to me. That guy looked like he did two months of tour of duty peeing in a gallon jug is what he looked like to me. I'm saying he didn't look like he did two doors on Call of Duty. Okay, let's that sign. Yeah, that's what I meant. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Right. Yeah, you know the thing about the and I'm old. I'm just calling for more old people. I'm yeah. <laughs> Cast me in your movies, guys. Yeah, that's right. I'm old. I'm old. <laughs> I'll be pretty people. I'll be. Hey, you know, well, it only you talk about old people. You talk about old stars, right? You know, I'm a huge. Everybody know, you know, you guys know this. I'm a huge Charles Bronson fan. <laughs> you know, they remade Death Wish and they put Bruce Willis in it. Well, you know, it's like, well, well, Chuck, you know, by the end of by, you know, Charles Bronson was too old for Death Wish. Bruce Willis was ten years older. When he made his death wish, then Charles Bronson was when he made his death wish. You know, noodle on that for a minute, but Bronson was too old. Yeah, the difference is my wife would would fuck Bruce Willis. <laughs> not Charles Bronson. <laughs> well, your wife's not also like a necrophiliac either, so I guess that that about you know. Oh my back, lord! Back to the yeah, back to the divine joke at the beginning. <laughs> but, but the thing, the thing with all the uh, with with the squatters, like you said, I, I in general across these segments that used a, a a you know what was clearly an on location shot, and you know Jay, you talk about this on Bots, Bugs, and Babes all the time. Shooting on location gives you that air of authenticity, but also that budget conscious thing of not having to build a set. That's right. You know, and I really appreciated that because it looked, I've been, okay, and I've led an interesting life. I'm just going to leave it at that. I've been in houses like that, that are essentially condemned, falling down around you kind of thing. So it gave it a very real, authentic, you know, creepy atmosphere to have it in that rundown, um, you know, uh, 
decrepit house. And you could see that. You could see the idea of a, of a, a clan of of freak squatters hanging out there. It reminded yeah. me in a in a much more um, a much less kind of southern vibe, but more of a, a New York vibe. And as a former New Yorker, I can say that it reminded me a bit of the kind of design that like Rob Zombie did in House of a Thousand Corpses. Yes, where it's trying to be a lived-in environment. Now his environment, by the nature of that film is artificial because that's the way that film is. This looks like a really fucking rundown place. This and, is more, it, yeah, it, this it, is more like, um, Blair Witch Project house or something. But what, um, one of my big complaints and it's a necessary evil of shot on video, low budget movies is when you start editing them, you got to do a lot of, um, a lot of the stuff like the lab would do with, on, uh, when you were working with film on your, you know, post, video work so you darken things and and people give it and you you make sure everything matches each other and with video it can end up like darkening stuff you know um uh man of steel style you know or or they'll get or people kick and this that this segment has a lot of that sort of post look to it but in the part with the house it really helps it a lot. It makes it, it makes it so anything just a couple feet away from, you know, whatever's going on, the main action that's lit is just darkness. It's just blackness. So it really gives you that feel of when you go into a place like that with just a little flashlight and you just have these little localized light up, lit up places. And the rest of it is just, you know, black inky space. Right. And that gave that 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 part like, you know, most of most of its tension was just the decrepitness of that house. The true real, you know, it, it, it was really a decrepit house and it, it looked every bit of it. It looked like when you saw somebody walking through it and putting their hands on the wall, you're like, oh, I would want to yeah. touch that wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And, there, and the, the, you know, the, the plat, the, the plaster on the wallboards is crumbling and that's, that's not an effect. It's just, it's that fucking crumbling. Old. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and it's like, yeah, it's, it's really nasty. So it's, it's, a, like I said, I, I love that. I love if you can, if you can find a set and we talk, and this comes up later in, in carving season is a very similar thing. Having a set like that adds you know, sincerity to it because it, it really does look like it's a, like an actual lived in place. So I liked well, that about this one a lot. Like I said, and, and I thought the lighting was very good too. It really gave that claustrophobic sense that you really have no idea what the hell is going on when they're walking in like this, you know, when the EMT and it was like that, in, it was like that actually being there. Like there's in the, the room that I'm in at the very end, I have no idea what that room looks like. <laughs> was, there, was there really was a piano it. out there? There was a really piano out there. Did they? Um, did that, was that just luck and worked into the film? I guess, or did they uh, yeah. like have to find a place with a piano because it was in the script? Um, it's just uh, we work with what we have. You know, yeah. As far as the oh. whole thing, it's uh, that became yeah. one of the neatest parts of the whole thing. I thought, you know. Uh, but I was going to say, like, uh, this house was so decrepit that one of the directors, James Coleman, fell through the floor oh, up to his waist. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I got That's pneumonia for six weeks. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> I was bedridden for six weeks and oh, uh, almost died. Oh. And uh, 
So yeah, it's a it's a rundown place. You gotta suffer for your art, man. That's suffer. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to suffer, you just do. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I I ended up I end I was at a film shoot once where I was playing the evil landlord who comes over and like, you know, is threatening the the, the wimpy husband. I'm cucking the husband because I'm also leering at his wife. Oh, yeah. While I while I eat their beans off the table, and uh, I had I, I had the beginning of a flu, and I had to ride my bike over to the film shoot in the middle of the win- of winter, because the director was too busy and poor to pick me up, and uh, then the beans the beans were heated up, but the um you know that we did so many takes that by the end of it I was just shoveling like ice cold baked. Be, like, and I had to be eating them like with them dripping down my chin nice. and like this flu and fever starting to to set in and take after take after take for a whole it was a horrible movie too <laughs> at least you um, got free beans yeah oh speaking of food my only my only other like technical um things that I wanted to note is uh I think in general, sometimes like they could use a little more post ambient sound for like the restaurant and stuff of other customers and things like that. Um, and another thing I noticed in the in the restaurant is they left behind their walkie talkie. <laughs> I did not see that on the table, and I was like, "Ooh, Schro- uh, yeah!" Uh, I always said Schrodinger's Chekhov's walkie talkie. They're gonna be like. <laughs> Get on the walkie-talkie. Oh, I don't have it. I must have left it in the diner. That's what I was thought was going to happen, but it was just the continuity. A little continuity error, guys. <laughs> this was well, it. Works out since they never actually use them to call anybody. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they wouldn't have done. All, all it would have done is just it would have been you know Return of the Living Dead style and bring more paramedics. <laughs> <laughs> send, send more cops. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I have a question about the second part. Go ahead. Uh, with the was that? I remember that from like a couple years ago. Is that something that was just filmed? I remember sort of a little longer version of this being made, and like you putting up links of like, hey, check out this movie I was in. Yeah, and, like I said, they, 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 there were these shorts. They they uh, basically. Put them together, make a movie. There was one. They had one that was, uh, like the squatters, was uh, uh, a little bit too short to really market, and they felt that, and and they were getting some interest in it, so they uh, uh, had to make a movie and <laughs> instead of <laughs> just kind of put it all together. And it's a nice, it's a nice collection of of basically these filmmakers first few films well not their first yeah. few films it's like uh they're uh because they also do like um uh fan films that are like based on driver or and uh uh and uh like uh, okay i'm gonna sound stupid what's driver a uh, drive oh okay ryan gosling um, yeah yeah and uh there's also one that's like uh, cabin in the woods with zombies kind of thing, um, and uh, horror films that are like just 
uh, like trailers for Halloween movies that don't exist. Awesome. Uh, they started doing this once as we were like in high school. They had this thing called the, the slap father that they showed me once. <laughs> it's like them in high school trying to be like, you know, mafioso types and they're just slapping each other. And I guess that it was it was funny. It was hilarious, actually. <laughs> and like the stupid kind of like, you know, kids in their basement making something. And I mean, this was like when they're like 15, 16. I'm probably embarrassing them if they ever hear this. Uh, and uh yeah well yeah. this puts them in the top like one percent of people like this because you know 90 99 percent of the people who start doing 99.999 percent of the people just talk about making the film in their basement in high school and then it's the one percent that or, you know like maybe 10 percent of them make the film in high school and only one percent of them ever like end up like completing a movie you know, ah, uh, yeah, I know. I'm, one I'm, movie, I'm, so. I'm, I'm one. I'm one of those 99 percent percenters there. <laughs> I got yeah, I, I got I went to film school and I haven't hit the one percent yet. So I got uh, I got a couple scripts. I haven't. You know, I have to work on other people's projects. I want my dream. My stopped. dream is to be this, a script doctor. I just want people to bring me my script, and I have I have one of those uh, old school like um teacher pens with blue on one side and red on the other side and, uh, scribble 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 on the script hand it back you know give it to my bike courier he takes it back <laughs> fat envelope full of money comes Ooh, that sounds good i can yeah. do that well yeah. you know the the thing with the the second the, the second segment which is called paralysis um First off, I appreciate any film of any length or budget that, you know, at my kitchen table watching on my tablet and go, Kalima! Kalima! <laughs> at some point during it, when somebody gets their heart ripped out. You know, that's that's all. <laughs> and I, I want to say the time-honored tradition of horror movies where the shrink sucks. Yeah. <laughs> he's like he's like the parents in a in a nightmare movie or the cops in an italian movie yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i've been i've been that i've been that i've been the uh i've been the sucky this uh therapist in a movie and i was like this is like the it's like i'm telling the, the writer this is the worst therapist ever <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't have harm without them yeah no they have to the buy they either have to be the worst therapist ever or the best therapist ever. And if it's the best therapist ever, they're the crazy therapist that nobody, you know, has been kicked, lost his license and stuff because of his unorthodox methods or whatever. But that wasn't the guy in this one. This guy was just like, here, here's some drugs. You're crazy. Yeah. This guy was basically like Dr. Mario, you know, just throw pill yes. after pill at it. Hope right. something works. Pills. <laughs> I, I know they're not working now, but don't worry. Throw a few more on and we'll take out four lines at once. It'll be cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have a theory that um, uh, doctor scenes in movies, they're either unreal, completely unrealistic or they're completely boring. So you have to like get in and out as fast as possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the shrink scenes are good for flashbacks and stuff like that, you know, 
the good for how did I get here, Doc? <laughs> unless it's her, unless it's uh, Exorcist Two, in which case, <laughs> right? The, well, none of it's good for nobody for nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I would like this one's so short and sweet. The only the only two things I would have changed with this were <clears throat> not even anything about the story was I I wouldn't have had the whole um based on true events thing because <laughs> it seemed it, it just seemed a little off with the with your role as the writer writing writing yeah it was a cal- you know? it was a carryover from the from the when it was a short right 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 i would have i would have uh i would have clipped that and then at the very end the the there's a the when they cut it they just cut back to you and in, in your um in your you know smoking jacket at the house but you'd also played the you know the the character in bed there who wasn't too far off visually from your writer character so it's a weird like it took it took me like a couple seconds to go like okay we're back to the writer here and i thought we were still in the other story and i'm like okay where's this go okay okay oh that's right it's not going anywhere it's done yeah but sometimes the look of fusion's good yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. I mean, it didn't take you too much out of it. No, no, no. You know, I mean, if it was purposely done like David Lynch style, yeah, then then I would have been. But those were my only like two critiques with that one. That one was was short and sweet. Yeah, and I right thought the actually the parts where you're frozen in bed and not as much when you could see the creature, but when there was just the door being pounded on. Which is actually like very much like any descriptions I've ever heard from people who've who've had um, sleep paralysis. Those those were actually I thought the scariest parts of this whole movie, like that had the most like horror tension to them, and I felt that they were. And you looked de- definitely sweaty and uh, uh, horrified. Were they dabbing you with water for that, or did you like go out and jog? Or was this when you had pneumonia? (laughs) Oh yeah, that would have been even better. Like you know, like hey, look, he's already sweating. Let's film those scenes where he's already sweating. Like guys, I'm going. We're getting gold here. Yeah, it was was all CG. (laughs) It's like getting getting amputees for the thing. The other thing I like for the the other the end of that segment, as you said, it was a little you know the confusion of the character. I do like the uh, so I do have to ask. How much did Marie Callender pay for their product placement here with that pie? Because I can tell <laughs> oh, yeah. you it worked. Because I'm like, man, I can go for some pumpkin pie. Those right are good pies, right. man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's like the first time they've ever had food on set because, um, like, everyone involved in the the um, the crew and everything there, they're all, like, really, like, muscle-bound, like, 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 work on their, you know, work on the, you know, work out <laughs> and like protein yeah. drinks and everything so there's never any food on set <laughs> protein bro <laughs> cuz all I drink is protein shakes and uh i'm i'm trying to talk them out of that it's been a long process <laughs> but uh they're, they're trying to learn they actually last did a short film with them last month and uh they had food there and and some and I was not the youngest person. Ooh. There were two people who were older than me. Well, there you go. So you know, progress. They're, they're learning, go, Chris. <laughs> Old people doing stuff. 
Revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now the 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 next part. The beginning of this I think had the best camera work. And at the the what was it? Carving time. Carving, Carving season. season. Carving season. Dark season. <laughs> Fire. 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 <laughs> so. Um, I just, the thing is this, and, and Luke mentioned this before uh, on um, the, the the other the podcast, but I did the other one I do, Bots, Bugs, and Babes. But Dad and I talk about it all the time, is you know using onset like you know don't don't build it if it's real, you know kind of thing. Like this is authentic, you know kind of thing. Um, when you're you know you're at the you know the, the you know the, obviously they're selling pumpkins and it's all the stuff. It looks like every orchard. And like, uh, you know, thing around here, where we, I, I mean, I don't live in the upstate, I live in upstate New York, but not ups, ups, upstate New York, like Rochester, <laughs> um, you know, just to clarify uh, the idea, like, but like when I look around here, like there's three or four orchards around here that Luke and I, when we were as kids would go to, and it looks like every single one of those orchards, yeah. like it looks exactly like that. So and can, immediately, and I can tell you that down here in South Carolina, they still look the same. Okay, well, that, yeah, and a, they have that's another great... one, like I said about with squatters, that Hick families are the same all over. Yeah. Orchards and stuff like that are the same all over. Mm-hmm. So yeah. using using something like that that's recognizable, that yeah. immediately sets the stage. It gives everybody in the audience something recognizable they can latch on to and understand. And it's yeah. filled with teenagers. It's always teenagers working there, and it has the big spaces in different interesting you know, different environments in it. And especially one of those around Halloween, you know, this one had that sort of like spider web, not as much of a maze, but it was sort of a walkway that they were both walking, that they were walking through towards the end of it. And the way, and at the end of it, they had two lights and I don't know if the camera, I'm, I'm assuming they probably meant it that way, but the way that the lights were positioned in the tunnel, they look like two demonic eyes at the end of yeah. a like a, a spider tunnel and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's great. There's a million places to hide behind, and there's all sorts of equipment that can dismember and, you know, otherwise mutilate a human body there in inventive ways. So it, it's yeah. just it's just the perfect setting for all that. And uh, and I get the feeling that uh, and uh, uh, Brian, maybe you can speak to this. Uh, I'm guessing somebody was friends with a pumpkin carver. <laughs> Actually, that was um, I think that was um, one of the actresses. Hmm. Nice. I'm trying to remember which one. It was either uh, is either uh, Laura Morlock or uh, or Kaylin Servigny. The the only critique I have of that is the the first pumpkin that we see does not look like dad or mom. Dad looked like young Kevin Spacey, so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, the one in the murder flashback, it looked like a recycled one of the ones from the the from later on in the movie. But uh, you know, I I like that. I like that he puts out your pumpkins and your pumpkins go out when you snuff it. Um, there was one scene in there. I think I I feel that they didn't have enough. They didn't shoot enough to, to get it. So they had to sort of fudge it in editing. And that was where, when the girl and the one guy were, were walking 
walking and then just all of a sudden he jumps out and grabs a guy it's sort of done with a cross cut sort of thing to sort of and i'm like oh they were missing a shot there or something but otherwise i thought this one was like well there's uh, there's there that, that was subtlety so <laughs> yeah okay yeah 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 but I, well, I i thought this one was like conceptually and pulled off wise the strongest of all of them and uh i yeah. liked when you know when the guy takes his headphone when takes his headphones off and you hear the music it's total like 80s copyright free music i wrote that, that music. would be bopping along nice. to. i love that i wrote that nice that's me <laughs> this, that was that that was yours that was mine <laughs> well, the thing that I, I thought about Carving Seasons, I, I really did like this one. Again, I, I'm a big fan of the fall. Uh, I have been called a staunch Thanksgiving hardliner for my opinions about the fall. Um, but <laughs> that. but uh, the thing about this one is that... Is your dad at dinner just like, damn it, Luke, I will not have a staunch Halloween hardliner at this dinner table. No, no, it's the you know it's it's um it's it's like the, when the people start you know wanting to skip Thanksgiving and go to Christmas, it's like oh fuck no 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 we are we are Thanksgiving uh, we well, are not Thanksgiving. That's a hard line. Adjacent. To count me in. I am I am very hard line. It's like now once it once you know it's Black Friday after that then we can start talking about Christmas. Before that, it's like let's get out of here, fat man. The turkey's in charge. But that notwithstanding, the um the. But I, this one, it, it was almost like this was like a prologue. There, I want the rest of the story. I want to I know what the deal is here, you <laughs> I know? I was, I was totally digging it. I was getting some serious vibes from some of the uh, the beginning of that, the original part of that flashback. It was like, oh, this is, you could drop this right into Haddonfield right now. Yeah. Well, I think, so I, I, think I really the first wanted part to of know. This, I'm sorry, go ahead. I think the first segment and then the last two segments of this movie have definitely the potential to be developed into something, you know, right. a self-contained yeah, they, whole... Could they could be developed be a into a self-contained whole movie. Life, like, yeah. car- Carving Season could be the first 20 minutes of a hour-and-a-half movie, you know? Yeah, because there's, there's clearly something. There's something going on with this guy. We don't know what. We get, you know, Red Herring, fresh off of his stint on A Pup Named Scooby-Doo here, uh, when, when he's talking to the girl <laughs> at the... Uh, it was red herring, but uh, you know, but we don't we we don't get any explanation. And normally, I'd be like, okay, well, that's a cop out. But it's like, okay, but it's a short. We there's only there, there's an economy of time. They can't give us the explanation, so it remains mysterious. It's but it's would, better to I leave was mysterious enough. I was intrigued enough that I want to know what the story is. I want to know what this deal is. You is see, that's part of what I think makes is it successful. Is it just a guy obsession? What's going on? I think that's part of what makes it succeed is is wanting to know more at the end of it. That's that's you got yeah, the backstory. I, 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 I like this one. I like this one. The, the there was the the music was a bit on the John Carpenter like the the more incidental music was on the more on the John Carpenter side and uh, and I loved I, I I nicknamed the first guy who got it with the axe. I'm calling him the Fountainhead. <laughs> some, that was some great blood coming out of the top of the head special effects. Yeah, it was over the top. The I was yeah. always hope. I was always <clears throat> wanting this movie to go a little more over the top. And that was that when that happened, I was just like, yes, this is 
this. <laughs> well, and then Hero, your your uh, your girlfriend, the redheaded girl, she runs into apparently a mausoleum scene from like a haunted house or haunted hayride with the flame shooting out there. I love that. Hero's yeah. doing a whole uh, Charlie Brown thing on this with the great pumpkin and the <laughs> little red-haired girl. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't believe I wasted all my trick-or-treats waiting on some stupid pumpkin. <laughs> Just to be kissed by a dog. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, like I said, I, I like that one quite a bit. And again, it's it's I'd love to see that developed into a feature. I think it's got a lot of potential. Right. Yep, uh, uh, you could you could to- it has a total bat- baddie mythology built into it. Now I think the second one was almost more made to be to be like you know like freddy or Candyman or something but this was in the 80s wiccan chick <laughs> category which was a thing <laughs> yeah yeah and the the and uh this this one in a lot of ways is my least favorite of all of them but it also has some some of my favorite things in it for better or worse but it has some it does have some Things that I really... Oh, this had the best thing in it. <laughs> yes. The, best the, the fourth, in the the fourth with the, Wait, the fourth section. We're talking about the now... Yeah, the, mi- the Midnight the, Man. The Midnight Man. Okay, Midnight Man, yeah. I was just saying, it's like... You call it, there's, that's the... Yeah, okay. Sorry, okay, yeah. I, this I, one I, actually named its, its... its Here, I just thought that the, po- the Midnight Man poem isn't catchy enough. It does not capture my imagination. You know? Um... It should have, you know. It needed a couple more lines. It, it needed there, to be. It saying? needed to be. It needed a couple more passes through and uh, to be a little more snappy to really, you know, it's no one two. Freddy's coming for you. That, that's that's all I'm gonna say. But this is our first period piece, and they do a pretty good job. The only thing that's hard to do on a low budget with. 80s period pieces because you can still get the clothes it's the guy's hair yes the, yeah. the haircuts today the guys have are, are very normal haircuts but they still are very specifically like there's a neat cleanness to them that the 80s guy's hair was somewhere between you know neat and clean and the 70s you know luke skywalker and sometimes, or or that what they really should have gone was for the feathered, you know, the yeah. feathered and parted down the middle, is what they really should should have gone down. But no, there's no guys that grow their hair to where you can do that any, you know, these days. But there's plenty of girls that can make their hair into an 80s, you know, the bangs and and stuff like that. So it's really hard to get. But as far as like. The, the soundtrack goes. That synthwave track was fucking awesome. And yeah. yes, yes. And the general idea, like, the general idea of the Wicking Girl, the fight at the party where the where it goes wrong with the Wicking Girl, I've seen things like that happen in the 80s. <laughs> I've seen that, like, play out and, like, the people's reaction to it afterwards was pretty much like it would be in a, in a party like that. So, yeah, it was, that, that that's that's what I liked about it. I think. By the way, the uh, the that uh, 
that uh, synth soundtrack that was done by a band called uh, Time Cop 1983. Oh, and, uh, uh, yes. Okay. Yep. And they're actually they, they actually got they got pretty big after that, after they uh, they got into this. Probably not because of this, but you know. They well, they have up. they they have the sound down. Oh, yeah. there's a there's a litany of of synthwave artists that on YouTube, man. It's just if you want to just vibe out, just find some of that shit and just go to Mars, man. It's awesome. Um, okay, this had before the greatest scene ever. This also had one of my favorite things from horror movies, and that is good, old-fashioned underwear sex. Yeah. Yep. Where you're not pay, you, you you can't pay your actors and actresses yep, enough to get, get naked. Paid. Well, some actor I don't know if that was a stunt ass. <laughs> um, it wasn't me. I say, used a stunt butt. There's a special effects. Or or it's just the actor who just wants some culpable deniability. <laughs> I don't need that shit. I'll drop my pants for a fucking ham sandwich. I was oh, we say, know. Uh, well, you know, I can say I it's not my ass. You know, <laughs> stunt ass. But um. There is ass. So, so this movie takes the phrase "getting smoke blown up your ass" up to a new level, oh and my it's, God, the, it's the best. It's the best special effect in the movie. It's possibly one of the simpler special effects. I mean, I can pretty much assume how it was done, but you never thought you'd see it. Is effective. Oh my God! I I, I had to I, I watched it. I paused it. I contemplated. I rewound it. Yeah. I watched it again. <laughs> Sounds familiar. It's fucking great. That was the best. That was the best death in this the whole movie. That was the best death sequence. That was gen. Just you. You cannot deny that was an original horror movie kill. Yeah. Um, well, even even this, even beyond the smoke up the ass. The vomiting up the flaming blood was, was yeah, a yeah. nice touch as well. I really liked that. Yes, yeah. The smoke goes in, flaming blood comes out the other side, and sort of a reverse, sort of a, a, a like hellish a reverse, reverse enema, really. human centipede. <laughs> reverse enema. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! If, if it, you get an enema and it comes it, out that it, way, yes, it's a reverse centipede. Reverse <laughs> centipede. The crowd is going wild. <laughs> oh my God. It's still banned in Texas, I think, Steve. But <laughs> you know, personally, I'm hoping now that Glenn Jacobs is the mayor of Knoxville County that he will overturn the uh, unconstitutional ban on the spike pile driver that has been on the books since the mid 70s. I'm just saying, I get political. <laughs> it's good to have political goals, Luke. I'm, I'm glad to hear you're an activist. Yeah. I, I also support that, so uh, that's good. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that whole that whole thing, and it's and it's cut and shot in such a way that yeah, it's funny. The guy's got smoke coming up his ass, but then it turns really rough, <laughs> really quickly. And the thing with that is, is that okay? So she's on top of him. She's got she's really committed to having her hands on the wall, right? That's like her thing. That's like Sometimes her move. Sometimes need that extra right? leverage. Yeah, but then then she then he you know he he shoots the half and flips her over. Yeah, she's still got her hands up on the wall, and I'm like, why would you have your hands on the wall there? And then it becomes, oh right, oh is that your finger? It's like, no, my hands are up here. You know, it's like, <laughs> oh, I, oh, I get the picture. It's all becoming yeah. clear now. 
Is, is that your finger in there? What? My, is your finger in my ass? No, yep. Hmm. See, that's the difference the between is, that guy and me. I don't question. I just go with it. Just go with yeah. it. <laughs> like, oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. oh boy. Oh, yeah. See, oh, if, yeah. if this ever does get developed, they're going to run into trouble with Wicca because Wicca just... Wicca doesn't have any monsters though in their in their wickedness. They're like one of like like I, I, I applaud them for picking Wicca like, you know, a Wicca monster because nobody's done a Wicca monster yet. But that's cause Wicca's all like you know I mean, maybe they could conjure up a fairy that would like fly up your ass and cause minor Ooh. discomfort or something, but I don't think the Wiccans have anything like you know, like the Jewish religion has golems that they can, you know, the for their monster, and Christianity's got Satan and and all that, and uh, so I'm. Scientology uh, has Tom Cruise. I just I think the Wickham. Tom Cruise. I think the Wickham monster should have been more like Swamp Thing, you know, like the Green Man or something, you know, a guy made out of nature that would. Come and I consume de- anything. I but desperately then, want to drop a Wicca man joke right now, but yeah. that'd just be my Boston accent coming through. <laughs> but I, you know, maybe them. maybe they can drop that. But boy, oh boy, if you ever remake this into a full length movie, build that whole movie around smoke up the ass, fiery blood out the mouth. <laughs> That's a <laughs> that is a winning gag, man. You may want to call Charles Band because I guarantee you he'd love that. Now, oh, you blew smoke up his ass. That's brilliant. Ha <laughs> ha. You know, <laughs> here comes a part that, that would be I'm a criticism. Like evil bong. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I was gonna say that's like his whole thing. <laughs> oh, and here, here's another thing that would be a criticism if it didn't just crack me the hell up, is when she comes goes upstairs to check on the couple because of that blood curdling scream, literally blood curdling <laughs> scream. Uh, <laughs> that her boyfriend is just like, ah, they're having fun. Yeah. Um, and she comes downstairs to discover her boyfriend is just right. a, you know, a bur- uh, Uncle Owen fucking <laughs> skeleton. God. Smoking skeleton. But the way they film it, it, I had to back this one up and watch it again, and then I laughed even harder. It was just, It's just wonderful the way it plays out, though. She comes down the stairs. The second she's down the stairs and around the corner... The only thing that you would see in that room is the sprawled out on the couch smoking skeleton of your boyfriend. But they, she doesn't see it until the camera pans yeah. to it. Yeah, and then she's just like, wah! Yeah, that's it's film cinematic life, invisibility, right? Right, right. Yeah. Okay, you know, I'll take all that. But for some reason, that, that cracked me the hell up. Yeah. But for some reason, it just felt very... Sam Raimi like like a yeah. Sam Raimi joke that he would put in a movie just like of of like of like Bruce Campbell like doing that those whip pan looks around a room at things and then you know the final one he whips down to whatever was right next to him <laughs> he's like Wah! I was here uh, the whole time <laughs> but other than that like uh, you know, the acting wasn't the strongest in this one, but I thought the Wicca, the, the Wicca girl was pretty close. She reminds me of some Wicca girls that I knew. Her just general demeanor and look and reaction was spot on. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the acting in this one, 
almost works as a uh, a pastiche, a send up of an '80s horror movie being yes. set in 1985. So I was totally on board with that. You know, I I like that this segment again. I think this was another one could be developed into a um in, into a feature. And here's your prologue. Here's the first 15 minutes, and then the title card comes up. The Midnight Man then says, you know, now in a modern day, or you know, 30 years later, whatever it is. You know, and it's like, oh, yeah, that crazy witch girl went nuts, man, and killed everybody in the house and blew smoke up that dude's ass, right? <laughs> you know? A 1995 period piece. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Very yeah, little yeah. nostalgia for the, ni- for the mid-90s, except for that, <laughs> I guess that movie mid-90s is about it, right? You know, so. Yeah, it's pretty much working on it right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to come out in five years. Yeah, absolutely. But oh. no, but again, I I, I thought... You know, and that's the thing also, again, I mean, I'm a consumer of low budget horror films and, you know, you get acting that you get, you know, it's not always, uh, you know, it's it's not going to necessarily be the strongest suit of a, a low budget film like that. But again, in, in this context, I think it worked really well. It definitely felt like an 80s type of thing, but a retro version of it, not a not a nostalgic one, because it was, you know, like I said, the there. I mean, it's a little too on the nose, you know, blowing smoke up the guy's ass. But again, it's so freaking <laughs> funny. Who cares? It just works yeah. very well. And it, and and I agree with you. It it, it does kind of seem like okay, this has potential to be like a franchise sort of thing. I was specifically reminded of the Candyman with the the ritual to summon him, and then you know once summoned, that you know shit goes down because you can't control him, kind of thing. Right. You know, yeah. or Dimogen if you want to go that route, mm-hmm. kind of the same idea. You know, except this guy's not nearly as tall. Uh. But no, I, I said overall, I, I thought it was a good segment, and you know, all of them, all the segments in this film are, are good. There are, you know, some I, I liked better than others. That happens with any anthology, and some, you know, again, with them not being purpose made at, to be an anthology, considering that they were in, you know, independent short films that were put together as an anthology. I think they work surprisingly well yeah. with the rap, with the wraparound yeah. segment. I, I think it being made by, like, at first when I saw there were three directors and I didn't pay attention to the names, I thought it might, you know, I'm like, ah, this might look really inconsistent or anything. But once I figured out what was I thought was going on, it was like, and once I saw it, you could tell it's like there's, they they might not have been filmed exactly the same as each other and stuff but there was a similar dynamic involved in it you could tell it was a lot of the same people working together so it had you know it had a consistency to it even beyond putting in the wraparound story but the wraparound story holds it together i mean for for what it is i mean um if if this would have been a like say the senior project a senior project um at rit um, for one, it would have been a very, very um, ambitious one. Um, I probably would. Have, I think it would have gotten good grades and well critiqued at the at the end of the year. You know, I mean, you put it up next to a Hollywood low budget horror movie, and you know, you you just get those production problems and stuff like that. But you know, I think I, I think with these guys, if you know they ever got into the financial realm of where they had a casting agent and and uh you know s- pr- scouting locations and stuff they could you, you know they could start really making some really great stuff 
and the speed that they did these things and a couple of these segments on is like they were on have, speed when they made no this. <laughs> <laughs> no because oh, i'll tell you right now if they were on speed doing the whole thing that had been that's a whole nother level of i imagine there's many productions <laughs> that were uh <laughs> put together yeah. on amphetamine drugs. They're called pornos. Hollywood. <laughs> so anyway, they, uh, I mean, a couple of them segments are, uh, like the paralysis segment was filmed in a day. Um, and I, I did the soundtrack to that and I did it in like 30 minutes. Nice. Cause they were like, we gotta get this thing out tomorrow. Right. Kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> right. It's like, you gotta I, do, I, you I gotta do. Yeah, on Friday. It's like, yeah, I could do a soundtrack. And so, so I basically like, uh, uh, just played along with it once, yep. and then it's, played along with it again, and that was the soundtrack. It's three sets: the doctor's office, and then the other two. The other two locations are a bathroom and a bedroom in a house, and that's all you got. That's all you had. So yeah, it's like pretty fast. I've just like, and uh, they do. Uh, they, they they pull out these resources that are just like crazy for for so young and like just raw ambition uh getting the ha- getting the old house getting the large stage getting an ambulance getting um shooting getting old... well uh, plenty of people have shot jay's diners used to have in film shoots in it because rit's right down the street from them right but um yeah they got some drone footage in there you know so i i'm i'm a little cautious about drone footage because drone footage looks um the the you know just the level of like if you get a drone that you're going to be making your movie in with a with a camera on it man they are high quality yeah and and the way that a drone flies you it you get the illusion of somebody spent bit you know it's like a helicopter shot or a crane shot on a real humongous crane or something so they often like but they're affordable for a low budget movie but then once you get down to the ground you see the limitations of you know just shooting with regular you know um digital cameras and stuff like that so sometimes sometimes like they're almost too nice for low budget movies (laughs) i'm waiting for the people who decide to do evil dead type shots with people running through the woods like say we have this cemetery here that is an old ass cemetery full of all the rich famous people from the area you know the old business people it's in it's all the, ba- the bauches the lombs yes <laughs> yes they're all they're all moldered Gross. but it's a very picturesque and, you know, and a hilly tree, old weeping tree looking cemetery. And like, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's dangerous to have somebody get chased around by a drone, but you could do those evil dead shots through the woods that would just be amazing yeah. <laughs> if you got if you had somebody trained to get in a drone operator. I know this is kind of a tangent, but uh no, yeah, I mean I thought... that's the thing. It's 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 no to me the using a drone in that way is no different than when they first started using Steadicam, right? It yeah, was yeah. it was a new technology with something different, but it lets you do things in a different way that had a different result that had a unique visual look that you could use. 
and it's just a thing like when like a, a low budget filmmaker gets a hold of a drone it's like having it's like having one super like it's almost like evening the ground like the the drone shots you would get for your movie would be the same quality and look just as gorgeous you know depending on whatever you were filming but they would be the same quality and the same sort of look as somebody who is getting their b-roll for their you know you know 50 you know 100 million dollar hollywood production right yeah stuff like that so it's very tempting to to use it a lot they didn't use it a lot like the 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 one that they that was best was the establishing shot for uh the writer's house and uh one thing that i think that like you can when when you're filming these low budget and you have to film like in a like a, in a sort of plain suburban house i think and that that never gets done is you could really play up the the atmosphere of suburbia you know the way spielberg did it in the 70s you know really you know they're they're sort of unpicturesque houses and you can sort of use that to make that atmosphere and i and it, it, watching the whole thing was just like you could tell it was totally filmed in my yeah. all around all around where i live because i was just like trying to figure out where like where that house was i'm like which suburb is that that could yeah. be Greece. It could be Chile. Could be Gate. <laughs> well, the after, so after um, the Midnight Man, we come back to our to our writer, who is now uh, way past burning the midnight oil. And I I I got to admit that as soon as the television turned itself on and we see that the local book publisher has died, I kind of knew what the gag was coming, but it was still it was still pretty damn funny. So I can't fault well, it for that at all. Well, the the gag was sort of telegraphed, but at the same time, it was the execution of it that was right. what I was looking exactly, for to yes. it. And the execution was great. It, it, he was like just the way both of his, both of his like sort of his arms are broken just below the wrists. Yes. Yep. It, it reminded me a little bit of uh, American Werewolf in London, you know, when he'd go meet his friend in the movie theater and the guy would have half his neck gouged out and it was just getting more and more rotten. And it also uh, was... reminded me of, I've got my cake. <laughs> I want my cake, Medelia. But luckily, uh, that was, that was luckily for the writer, he already had, he had, he had material he could hand to him. So I'd be just like, here you go, dude. <laughs> See you in New York. <laughs> I did mention that on set. Like, I did mention it while we were filming it. It's like, well, there, like, that was one of the takes. And was, were they like, were they like what's wrong with a happy ending, man? Yeah, I was like, well, there you are. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, I mean. Maybe that's the twist. It's a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, that's oh. a porno movie. Oh. Thank it's, you, a, it's right there on the table. It's like, oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, we'll call you Monday, all right? Yeah, thanks, man. I gotta go. I got this whole fucking thing. I gotta go. <laughs> Thank you, Stan. <laughs> Have a good night, Stan. <laughs> Looks like we got a winner, Stan. See, that's what they should do. This should hey, be a pilot, for a, a pilot for a Netflix show, anthology show like uh, and you're basically the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> You're the crypt keeper. You're writing your stories, and you could have you could have opening sequences with you and Stan out to lunch, and 
stands shoving rotten rotten rats down his neck and stuff. I really like these rats now that I'm dead. <laughs> Waitress comes, I'm just gonna have a salad if that's okay. Just <laughs> <laughs> I'll have the cob salad and my friend will have a dead rat, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we thought so. <laughs> the regulars. It's like, hey, guys, how you doing? <laughs> no, but again, uh, I, I, if 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 I had seen this on uh, like full moon streaming or Shutter or anything like that, wouldn't have, it would not have, uh, I wouldn't have been, you couldn't have told me, oh, this is an, in-, you could have told me this, this is an indie film, but not this is some guys from Rochester. This this looks right o- overall like like any it, it and it, this this is gonna sound like I'm damning it with faint praise, but I'm not. But this looks like you know take your pick of an independent low budget horror movie. You know it looks yeah. like something made in Hollywood. It you know, for for a, a low budget. So I'm I'm totally on board with that. That that to me was yeah. an extremely pleasant surprise from watching this. Well, oh, I've I, I've seen things like this that haven't worked before. Right. <laughs> oh, and, yeah, uh, there's a million of them. This out is there. definitely not one of those. <laughs> those I are those are like, you know, an hour and a half of one of those movies is like five hours, you know? Yeah. If you make it that far. So this this one moved, you know, this one the 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 maybe the first part was a little bit like a little bit long, but you know, for 25 30 minutes what what you know how you know how long can it be yeah and, and uh yeah it, it goes it moves oh yeah i i i plop down with my uh my big, big ass captain america coffee mug and a couple entenmann's donuts and i was enjoying the whole time <laughs> yeah i, I look Thanks. at it this way is is i've i'm put this way um you know, during uh, in past years, you know, we do. Uh, I'll often do the 31 for 31, where you watch 31 new horror movies for 31 days of Halloween. You know, kind of thing like that. And there are times when I'm watching movies, you know, that are kind of like this. I mean, you know, the, the lower budget kind of films and stuff like that. And you're sitting there going, "Wow, like just don't be boring. Just don't be boring. Like that's all I'm asking you. Like, yeah. You know, just just don't be boring. And how many times do I sit through a movie and go, God, it fucking was boring. Like yeah. that's the problem. If you're if you're not boring, right? Then I can I can get on board. Like Luke said, I, and and like and the other guys said, I can get on board if you're talking about a lower budget. We're talking about you know uh you know maybe we're unprofessional not talking about acting. acting. Right. right. But what I'm saying is, but like I'm okay with that. Just just mm-hmm. don't be mm-hmm. boring. Because this past Halloween, I watched one of those. I don't know. It was like. Tales of Halloween, something they've been hyping the fucking living shit out of it on Amazon Prime as it being this is amazing. And it had like all these five star reviews where clearly it was the director and his butt buddies fucking each other, you know, put it out there. And I watched it and it was an hour and a half of boring shit. And I was so mind numbingly, I'm like, this was boring. And and then my review comes up one star, can't give it a zero. Are you joking? This is the most boring hour and a half of my life. This was not this film. This film wasn't boring. So as I'm watching this, because I watched this this morning on my Kindle, and I was I was watching it while I was eating breakfast and stuff, and I was like, okay, like you know, great, everything there felt realistic. It felt you know felt like lived in. It felt real, which is good. Um, it, it it the stories moved. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, and like 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 uh, Chris had said, you know, 
okay, so maybe the guys in the 80s hair doesn't look exactly right, but I'm willing to accept that because close enough. It, yeah. Right. It's, yeah. It wasn't like, oh my, it wasn't like they were, okay. okay. There's absolute citron on the table. I don't think absolute right. citron was in that bottle at that time. That's but kind of a what? 90s like, thing, isn't it? That's Absolutely. a 90s thing. Like but you know yeah. what? It, it's okay. I'm okay with that, right? It's not like the, oh my the, god. The lip ring, I... the the, the yeah. lip stud that the punk rock girl had was yeah. not really. That was right. that that was more of a 90s type of face piercing right. and stuff. But what you know, whatever. Right. But none of that, but none of that, but I'm saying, but none of that took you out of the film where you're right. like, oh my God, it's not real. Like, like, yeah, I know it's not real. I'm not watching a fucking documentary. If I watch a documentary, you know, I'll pull that up. Like, this is a movie. And there are people here who are clearly making something they love to make. They're doing something they want to do. No one seemed bored. No one seemed put upon. It wasn't like, oh, we got to fucking make this. That you're telling me that you shot the, the paralysis one in a day? Yes, I totally buy that. Why? Because it's one set, you know, kind of thing. Like, I mean, you know, quote unquote set. It's a room, you know, kind of thing, basically. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, all that stuff makes sense. And since it's at, at the end of the day, after 90 minutes are done, I'm not sitting there bored. Then you've accomplished what you need to do. Because we say this all the time. If you need every friggin' movie in the world to change your life, then you have bigger issues. Get help. <laughs> because you, no, I'm, I'm, but I'm being serious because you can, if you can't sit down and spend 90 minutes watching a movie and, and say, okay, yeah, it was fun. Okay. That was, that was different. That was, that showed, that showed some, that showed that, Hey, there's, there's definitely potential here for maybe, you know, different stories or maybe they could have expanded this, but I don't think any of us here tonight, you know, in talking, and I know, you know, uh, Chris, you do kind of, you know, hit a lot of like technical stuff here or whatever. I don't think any of us are being negative about what's happening here. You know no, I'm, I'm yeah. like, I, I, I could definitely like, there were lots of parts in this where I was like, man, I would have done this a little differently in the script. I would have changed this line of a dialogue and, and stuff like that. But it was in a way that I was engaged rather than dis like when I'm disengaged from even a Hollywood movie, if I, and, and it doesn't happen very often, but if I go to say a Hollywood movie that really sucks and I'm hating it in the theater my mind starts like say the dialogue's really bad. I see the dialogue written in the script, and then when I'm looking at the film, I see where the uh, you know I'm visualizing where the lights are and where the fat you know grip is standing off to the side and stuff. And that's not what I was doing in this movie. Right. I wasn't I wasn't like phasing out of the movie and then just being like, okay, I'm gonna critique this technically. I was critiquing it technically because of the manner of film it is and it's almost built into me from film school critiques and i could have definitely like i could have jazzed up that the screenplay here and there and i would have done this and this differently but that was because i was engaged with it and paying attention to it all the way through you know all yeah. the way through yeah. i was like oh that's that's a neat idea oh, i wouldn't have done that i would have done that you know and uh it was and, and yeah, I I actually like. I mean, I always fear, and I I, I actually love and fear seeing the art of, with people I know in it because it's just like, oh my god, what if the, you know I have to tell them it totally sucks. <laughs> and it's always that that is so great when it's just like, oh okay, <laughs> yeah, it's not half bad, enjoyable. I had a friend who wrote a Star Trek story for a Star Trek anthology and sent it to me. And he's a very smart guy, very nice guy. 
And I was like, oh, man. And I know how some of those like fan written Star Trek anthology stories go. And then when I sat down and read it, I was like, this may be one of the best one of these I've ever read, like notwithstanding that, that, that I know this guy. And it was such a relief <laughs> to immediately get on Facebook and go like, dude, I love it. And not in just like, hey, man, I love your story thing. It's, this is great. So, yeah, yeah, this is this is a this is a very, very pleasant experience. And it's you know, I mean, it's cool that that like that I know I know you and you are in it. But it's also I'm also very like interested in people, you know, locally that are making movies and stuff. So it's neat to see some local filmmakers who are actually out there doing stuff and finishing it and getting it out there. Speaking of which, where, if somebody wanted to watch book of evil, where, where would they go to watch book of evil? It's, um, for rent and purchase on Amazon, um, video, uh, for streaming. And, uh, it's also DVD available. DVDs are available. Um, so some uh, locally, there's a there's a there's, there's still a DVD uh, rental place that, and they have it. <laughs> <laughs> I forget where that is. I think it's I think it actually might it might be like Greece. It's, uh, it's one of the suburbs, but uh, yeah, they still rents DVDs. They they have it, and uh, the, the directors just just didn't know that, like didn't know that they were going to be there. Uh, so that was that's kind of fun. That's they found kind of it. cool. <laughs> yeah, this I, I, this I, seems like it would be really good for Redbox. Like, know, I can tell you right thing. now, like, look, just looking at the poster right here, the Book of Evil, your poster you got here, kind of thing, it is perfect for Redbox. That that's is what a perfect I'm saying. Redbox poster, like yes. that. You go, she goes, she goes, you know, on Red, like Redbox, like you know, like if your poster's too busy or it's too small, the font's not good, you kind of skip it. That's got a perfect Redbox poster. Yes. I mean, it doesn't give away anything. It just a book of evil. It looks like it looks like it could be anything put out by Lionsgate or does Lionsgate even exist anymore? Or yeah. like uh, Lionsgate you know, like the, went legit though now, so they don't do that kind of stuff. No, it, no, but you know did, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it, it you, reminded me of like again, and I'll and I'll reference it again, like a full moon. moon full moon, perfect moon. example. Because yeah, it's designed yeah. again to be simple, eye catching. It has a little tagline. It yep. you know it gives you it doesn't give away anything and it's yep. it's it, you see it and and it, you recognize immediately it's not super busy it's not confusing so I, right. it's clean I like that I like that a lot yep. I, yep. you know that's, that's a good choice. I, I, I wish I could get this on VHS it'd be perfect <laughs> yeah oh oh yeah Luke's a big VHS guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> it it, def, it definitely has that VHS box cover art kind of thing you know yeah. you you want it on the shelf you want you want you want people to walk and see it and catch their eye. And and that's the and that's part of the that's part of the allure, and we know this from all the box art that's been was done in all the 80s and stuff like that. It was about catching your eye and oh, what's this? And you didn't want the person to walk by it. It's yeah. clean. It's good. I mean, you know, again, not knowing even if you didn't know what kind of movie. I mean, obviously you know it's going to be a horror movie um, kind of thing. But it, you, even not knowing what the budget might be, that box art totally looks like anything you would have seen out of any number of films, uh, you know, coming out of, like Luke said, full moon, or even let's be honest for a while, that was what Lionsgate's covers all look like. That's <laughs> yeah, the kind of stuff right. they were pumping out. I mean, they were just pumping those covers out like that, you know, you know, it was, I mean, I, it, it, again, it wasn't during the scream era where everyone was on a black background and fade in, but, uh, you know, like, <laughs> 
and no, this has this has the that. this has the early two thousands Photoshop yes. look to it. Yes, it does. It has it has the uh, yeah. It has the uh, the 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 um. That's yeah, not a exactly. bad thing. I'm not saying yeah. that's a bad thing, but that's no, what it has, it has, it has that, yeah. to it. it that's that's what works yeah. on Redbox too. Sure. Like that's what catches your eye on Redbox. Yep. So, but so kudos for that. Whoever whoever decided that was the poster to go with, that's a great idea. Yeah. Um, and you know. It's again, like I said, I don't think any of us are here bashing this. I think we're here trying to give constructive criticism. We're telling you guys what we loved about it, like, like, like the stuff that we're like, hey, oh, that looked you, really well. Oh, you guys have been great. You, you know, and great. um, and and I, and I think I think one of the big things is, and this is some, excuse me, as somebody who's obviously never made, a, I've never made a film, you know, kind of thing beyond like, you know, how to actually teach you how to like factor, because that's what I do, because I'm a math teacher. Because those <laughs> are super, those are super interesting uh, YouTube videos. Um, you know. The idea being here is, at, at the end of the day, you know, the the uh, no matter again, um, not knowing that this was done as separate short films that were sewn together with a piece around the outside, it didn't feel like that. So right there alone, it showed already a level of professionalism that sometimes you don't get from, you know, things that just kind of hodgepodge together. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. 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 You know, it showed a cohesiveness. That's probably what I'm saying. It showed a cohesiveness to the to the over, even though there were different people directing different things and doing different roles, that it wasn't like, I mean, yes, you could tell maybe this was directed by somebody who's not didn't direct the other piece, but it didn't feel totally disjoint. And the the wraparound story put it tied it all together. And yet, would it have been really funny at the end if it had been like, you know, like, oh, we end with a happy ending. Yeah, thanks, no problem. You know, kind of thing. And he walks out the door, right? And I think, I think I that would have been. I was pushing that. Been... I was, man, I was, thanks for saying it because I was pushing that all throughout the shooting. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> but again, I, I may, maybe it didn't, it didn't fit with the, the narrative tale they wanted to tell. What I'm saying is, think of that. But so, so, so if we, if we, if we're looking at it that way, saying, but it all worked, right? And then you're saying, oh, no, but this was a separate film and this is a separate film and a separate. Okay, but it didn't feel that way. And that's, 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 I think where sometimes you get how many Roger like, Corman movies were made by having oh two <laughs> completely different movies made by two completely productions shoved together and then and then mixed yeah. together with a foreign yeah. film right. that he bought the rights to and then right. dubbed over. Yeah. Well, but even yeah. even look at like the modern anthologies like VHS yes. or ABC's oh, yeah. of Horror or stuff ABC's like that. Yeah, example. those are and, and I, I like VHS. Um, VHS is better than the ABC's yeah. of Horror. ABC's of Horror is, is kind of an acquired oh. taste, but be that oh as it God. may. But look at those films, and you can tell, okay, these are different different short films made by different filmmakers. Somebody commissioned them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they they gave it as like like VHS. Okay, shoot it like it's someone shooting with a v, on, on tape. And they go and tell different stories. They're shot in different ways. They have different yep. you know levels that they're working at and stuff like that. Whereas here again, even though an anthology and each one does feel like a unique segment, and we and we this is the, the same point. It it does feel like yes, there is in fact a, a cohesion to this because the same kind of creative energies were working because of the same people were behind the camera. Sure. So it does it plays very nicely, even though each segment cases, stands alone. In many cases, in front of the camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, you got to do what you got to do, right? It's like our, you know, my, one of my favorite anecdotes about Dario Argento is that anytime you see the killer's gloved hands in an Argento movie, those are his hands because he knew what he wanted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and also and sort of on a metaphorical level, that's, he's, he is the killer in all of his movies, you know? Yes. 
yeah. he really wanted to yeah. choke the fuck out of some of them too. So that yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it says on his tombstone. Dario Geno. He wa- always wanted to choke a bitch. <laughs> I, I but still, it's in I Italian, it's so it's it sounds yeah, a lot nicer. It, lot it sounds better in Italian. Yeah. It well, it's, say, uh, it's it's very strange. Um, I, and I'm gonna get uh, you know I got political before about the spike pile drive. We got a political again. You know, it's it's very bizarre to me that Ozzy Argento is now like in the news all the time because of the political stuff, like Me Too stuff, because of Me Too and all that. Yeah. Whereas you know, it's like every time she's like, "Oh yeah, I, I she was in Trauma and she was in Stendhal Syndrome and you know she was in Land of the Dead. I know her. It's like her dad is awesome. That's all I think every time. It's like new, <laughs> new accusations. It's like man, her dad is so cool. You know. <laughs> I always think, don't fuck with Italian women. That's all I think. Yeah, Good policy. Well, yeah, well. But don't. The, but then, but then I think about the fact. Well, yeah. Well, you know, talking about me too. Didn't Daria Nicolodi believe that Daria Argento was trying to have her killed on set? I just can't. I just can't ha- imagine how every single Italian production from the beginning of time hasn't been like a gigantic Me Too moment from yeah. beginning to end. Yeah, wow. They yeah. they all look like it, you know. Yeah. Except maybe the peplums, but even then, you know. Yeah. That's the peplums. That's that, that, I'm writing that a book problem. right now called Me Too: The Cinema of Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! And it's B M I two T U. You know. Yeah. But anyway, that that notwithstanding, yes, the uh, well, you know, I, I, there's you know, Argento made uh, an anthology, made Two Evil Eyes, and it's the same idea. You could definitely tell who made which segment in Two Evil Eyes. Yeah. But you know, but that's oh, that's right. That was the one he did with George Romero, right? Yeah. yeah, well, it was originally supposed to, it was originally supposed to be a third one, wasn't there? Yes. And then they, I forget who was supposed to direct the third one. It fell through, so they just took those two and extended wasn't it out it Fulci? a little bit. It might have been Fulci. It was either I Fulci or that guy, Milke, the the Chinese guy who did Ishii. No, 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 no. It was way too early. I definitely, th- I thought, I'm, I'm almost sure it was Fulci, but didn't Fulci die? Like it was, uh, it wasn't that he got well, sick. Well, that would keep him out of it. No, no, no. Yeah, it's possible. I don't. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm looking real quick at the Wikipedia, and I don't. I remember. mean, these I, days, I CGI Fulci would have just made his segment, but you know, oh, not back no. then. CGI no. Fulci would have looked at the tray of eyes and said it looked like shit, and do it again, like in a Cat in the Brain. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Just think, man. Pretty soon, someday they're gonna, you're gonna be able to like make algorithms of your favorite dir- directors and we should definitely buy the rights to like cgi fulci and just <laughs> put out a series of cheap cgi fulci movies well cheap what do you mean you just turn the computer on and let them <laughs> let them pump them out ai fulci yeah it's like ai it's like uh, ai bruno matai or you know bruno matai so <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so I th- this is normally the time on the show where um, my uh, I, I would I would ask the leading question of where could we find it and Jay would give us a breakdown on how to buy it on Amazon. But um, as as you folks may have heard, we no longer have an affiliate link with Amazon. That's right. So, I think a so, lot of folks don't have affiliate yeah, links with Amazon not anymore. Yeah. We didn't break like, their rules or anything. We just that we just got cut off eventually. And just just as a side note, I have a theory about that. I think they did because 
I could never figure out, and and I never said this on the show because I did not want to look a gift horse in the mouth, because that that Amazon link was <laughs> mostly due to Jack and Eddie family <laughs> people. <laughs> we was, clicked on it a lot. <laughs> was paying our was paying our bills, which are very which are not huge bills, but you know it was it was bringing enough money to 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 pay the bills, and. And I kept thinking to myself, I don't see how this is. I see how it's beneficial to us in a, in like a hundred percent because we didn't really have to do anything. We didn't have to flog it. As a matter of fact, they didn't really want you to flog like, you know, they just wanted you to mention it here and there. And you were not really selling. You, you weren't, you weren't putting any money into it. You weren't selling people something on you know on a product you were just saying hey you know if you go shop at amazon do it through our link so it it, it never made sense to me why they did it and, and i was thinking to myself we're just a small operation there were some big people like some of the big youtubers and stuff who have you know millions yeah. of views per literally millions of viewers and stuff how much money they must have been making through their amazon link you know Right. That just thousands and thousands of dollars, and then it it I, it occurred to me that they just did that for a few years. It, it happened when somebody was talking about Amazon, and they said the reason he's Amazon started out selling books was because they figured out the best way to gather information on demographics of your customers was through books, because you could see what kind of books they bought and the, their patterns to that so you could interpolate interpolate a lot more information through it and he used that to build his business after that because he wanted to just sell anything so that's what i think they were doing i think they were using they were paying attention to what you know each affiliate and where that you know and their demographic and seeing what people bought through it to gather information so yeah, they were getting that, something from it and and then when they then when they got the information and they got the information and they made their next move, which was, you know, setting up in New York City and Washington, D.C. or what, you know, in, or in New York City and, and pumping all that money that way. So then I think that's that that was about the time I started seeing on all these forums that everybody's Amazon link was gone. So well, also too, think about it too, is now they don't have to worry about all that because, you know, the wiretap that's sitting in my living room and the wiretap that's sitting in my daughter's bedroom and the wiretap that's sitting in my, um, in my bedroom and the wiretap that I'm talking to you on and the wiretap that's everywhere in this whole fucking world <laughs> is stealing our fucking information anyway. Fucking wiretaps. By the way, if you could read me with that, uh, for those of you who listen to the, your, the Hunter of the Future episode that Luke and I did about a back on Bob Bugs and Babes when the wiretap decided to start talking to us in the middle of the episode. And we I tried to rename her wiretap. It's really hard to like get it to respond to that because otherwise they'd all be called wiretap for that reason. Because it's true. They're just stealing your information. But they were stealing your information by having us click. And now they're like, we don't need to have them click. We can just steal it by listening to them. <laughs> just listen to you. Yeah. yeah. Well. Yeah. The pro yeah. yeah. Fucking no, wiretaps. No, yeah, well, you know, I, I still say I would love to have um, an Alexa that talked like Alexa Bliss from WWE. Oh, I would love that, too. 
Like, really? You want to buy that? Fuck, <laughs> really? Oh what, is, what is wrong with you? But anyway. Well, uh, lots, lots with me. That, that notwithstanding, normally this is when we would be, you know, yes. chilling to go to Amazon, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it like we did the last time out, and, you know, uh, and, and Brian, you made mention of this, if you've got a local seller of media, you got a local record store, video store, used bookstore that carries new stock, that kind of stuff, why don't you go see if they can order it for you, and help them out, help out your local businesses, instead mm-hmm. of a big company like Amazon. I know that, you know, here in the upstate of South Carolina, we are relatively blessed from this standpoint. Greenville is uh, still one of the fastest growing uh, small to medium cities in the nation. So we have a lot of small businesses that I love to support, including some local um, uh, merchants that sell, uh, you know, music and movies and that sort of stuff. So I'll, I'll be inquiring to see if, hey, can you, if I get you an ISBN number, can you order this for me so that I can help out some local yeah. filmmakers up in New York and I- some local business owners here in south carolina i'm saying yeah i'm saying that's the ideal one is order it through order it through somebody if you can order it through it because a it looks you know that that it it looks good when that happens it looks somebody's taking the time to to order it through a store it's yeah but but if you can't get it through the store yeah don't 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 skip it just because it's on amazon because if you do watch it on amazon you are you are funding small small filmmakers too so It's yeah, it's one of those things. I'm not a big fan of a- Amazon, but in the world we live in, they're a necessary evil right now. So and <clears throat> they funded about five years of Two True Freaks, so, that, so <laughs> I can't talk too bad about it. And if that and if that doesn't Suckers. turn you off to Amazon, nothing will. And for for Amazon workers, we are designing some special Two True Freaks diapers for you know those long work days when you can't take the breaks. Well, if I you're will an say Amazon it again. Worker, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll say it again. If you if you work for Amazon, you're listening to this. Get the back to work. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say uh, probably a lot of them are Amazon workers do listen to uh, if they're allowed to listen to podcasts during the day. It would be. Why would they be allowed to listen to podcasts? They're not allowed to pee. You got a divorce <laughs> to fund. I tell you what, I I uh, uh, I was on a project um, for from about oh uh, I don't know. Uh, third or fourth quarter of 2017 all the way through 2018 and it's it was in um north of dallas texas in uh wrangler texas if anyone's any texas listeners but north just north of dfw if you get on dfw and head north that's where it is amazon owns so many buildings in this area and they're all just warehouses they're just planted down warehouse after warehouse after warehouse stamped down stamped down and you drive by them and you there's no you know you don't there's, there's no, you can't know, there's no visible light, you know, there's no uh, natural uh, appearance to anything. It's like you just know that there's some dudes toiling away, throwing bath products and DVDs into boxes and hoping they're moving fast <laughs> enough. That's what's going on behind those doors, you know. It's crazy <laughs> world. We- <laughs> but I got my plastic trinket in two days. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Oh man! Oh well, I, I just want to say thanks to Brian for uh, for potentially for for braving uh, <laughs> coming on the yeah, show. Four people on. that never shut up. Yes. Yeah. 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 Thanks for uh, thanks for spoiling the movie. Yeah. Uh. Well, that's, that's, that, that, that everybody knows that on this show, though. Yeah. So yeah. That comes with the territory.
visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.